Welcome and thank you for choosing the Mental Mindset Podcast presented by DBC Sports Psychology. Mental Mindset is hosted by Andrew Tosi and Zach Perkins, who will discuss mental skills, tips, and tricks to help you, your child, or your athletes be the best version of themselves in and out of sports. We hope you enjoy this week's Mental Spark. Hello and thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Mental Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. And we're really grateful for you to be joining us. Episode number 16, Zach. How you feeling? How was Hawaii, by the way? You, you lucky son of a gun. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, we had a great time. Uh, oh, man, I, I needed the break. I needed some relaxation. So we didn't do, you know, too much while we were there. We got to do a couple cool things, but uh, we spent a lot of time just chilling, which was more than I could ask for. Yeah, man, I bet. It looked like you guys were having a lot of fun. And thanks so much for bringing the heat last weekend. That was uh, that was great. Nice 99-degree day. That was that was enjoyable. You know, you're the first person that said this. And, and when uh, my wife and I got back, we said, anybody who asked this, we were going to yell at because it was not even remotely close to that hot in Hawaii. Ah, uh, well. Well, I'm glad that I just off the cuff said that, and I don't care. So I still think you brought the heat back. <laughs> But, well, good. I'm glad it wasn't that hot for you guys. That sounds uh, miserable. The um, only heat I brought back is to this podcast, so let's roll. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that'll do it for episode 16. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> oh, it's over as quickly as it started. But, yeah, man, uh, so so we figured that this week we'd uh, kind of give an update on the NHL playoffs and talk about some of the mental stuff going on in there, uh, some of the coaching decisions that have been made here and there. Um, obviously, unfortunately, your Bruins are no longer. Um, but my blue my blue shirts, the Broadway boys, are still uh, still getting a good fight against the uh, the uh, mighty Hurricanes. So uh, so talk about your series a little bit. Like, what did you see as a coach that you would like kind of want to change? Do you think? Uh, well, this is going to be the answer that everybody always makes fun of, right? But I thought the the officiating was poor. Um, and not just towards, like, I, again, I'm a Bruins fan, right? But not just towards the Bruins. I thought both ways they made some pretty bad decisions. Um, and as a coach on either team, I would have been pretty frustrated just trying to keep a handle on that, right? And part of your job as a coach is, like, you have to manage your reaction and emotion so that your players don't catch on or don't start to pick up on that, right? Because at the end of the day, like your job as a coach, like you have to manage that portion of the game. You also have to manage your bench and kind of the attitude or, or the way that they're looking at the game. So if you're sitting there yelling and screaming at a ref, your guys are going to start yelling and screaming or your, your players, your girls, whoever it may be, like they're going to start, you know, yelling and screaming at refs as well. And, and that pulls away from the focus or the main goal of what you're trying to do. So um, I didn't think it was bad just in that series either. I thought across the board, there's been some pretty poor officiating. So I'm hoping as we get deeper into the playoffs, they start to, you know, get to some of the better, you know, they're going to obviously dwindle the crews down. And uh, I think we're going to see just some more um, constant or like more understandable officiating across the board. I would agree, man. I mean, it happened in the Rangers series too. This uh, questionable freaking. uh, goaltender interference when a guy gets hit into a goalie which is obviously not goaltender interference but again uh, I, we're not I'm not here to bash it because we won and I'm just going to move on and live my life but it was interesting your guys series because it was the only series that every game uh, that was played at home that team won right and, and as a mental as a mental thing that was kind of interesting to me um, because it was really one of those um, 
it kind of highlighted how important sometimes home ice advantage can be. You know, like I think about the Hurricanes right now. They are, what is it, 6-0 and right now at home, and then they are 0-1. They lost the other night, and hopefully they lose again uh, Tuesday night. So, like, um, but they'll be 0-4 now on the road, right? So, like, they are literally 6-4 and um, and advancing, but they haven't won a game on the road, and they've only won at home. So, I mean, as a coach, how much does home ice advantage, I guess, kind of play a factor into it? I mean, it's big, right? It's one of those things that as much as you don't want to make, you know, this big push here or there about it, I think it's important, especially in a situation like this, right? Like your home fans, if you watch any of the games, it's packed, right? It is loud. Like fans are excited. They're they're just full support behind. Um, so you see it in all the games. And I think it's the whole, like the home ice advantage there are teams that don't need it. There are teams that are just good enough. They are weathered enough. They've got enough veterans to understand how to play both sides of the game. Um, but, you know, I think like a team like the Hurricane, like they're young, right? They, they've got a lot of young star power. Uh, they've got a couple of veteran guys that I question the leadership of those guys. But uh, with the young guys, you know, being at home, it's more comfortable. You're, you're, you're using the noise to – to push you, not try to play through. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's almost like the the noise is giving you energy. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, I mean, when I think about it from a mental side, right? Like just even as like a routine, right? I mean, they all, I mean, these are professional athletes. They have a routine for when they're away and when they're home. Um, So, but like being home is different. You get to sleep in your own bed. You get to go to the rink that you know that you're going to be at. You go to the rink that you're practicing in and things like that, unless you're the Bruins and you have a whole separate practice arena. That's cool. Um, but my point is, is like, like the mental side of that is so uh, important as well. Like it just, it feels more comfortable. You don't feel rushed. You don't feel in an awkward place. You don't have to worry about some a fire alarm at a hotel going off. You don't have to worry about a noisy kid above you. Like there's just so much uh, different factors that kind of play in mentally when you're at home. Um, and and I mean, hockey itself is already a mental game. Like what I love about, especially the playoffs, is it's back to back to back to back to back games against the exact same team, the same damn guys. You're you're lining up, you're you're line changing against the other lines to make sure. Like that's what the other home ice advantage comes in. You get to put your line out there second and see what those guys throw on the ice first when they're away. Like all that kind of stuff is so so mentally draining. It can be right. Like and I think this is more of a sometimes it's a more mental willpower than it is something that's always physical. Yeah. And I think the other part of it too, you talk about like line matchups and things like that, right? Uh, that's where the coaching comes in. And that that's where you figure out like how good, how good and comfortable as a coach or how much are they still learning as, as a student of the game. Right. So it's a situation where like there's teams where it doesn't matter like line they don't match lines all season long. They just don't care. Like our guys are going to go out, they're going to play. And there are other teams where, you know, like the Bruins are a good example until they broke up that top line, they had one line that did all their scoring. So if another team had their top line or whatever they considered to play against the other team's best top line, they'd stick them out on that, on that first line of the Bruins and basically scoring would be non-existent, right? Where as this year they broke the line, the top line up, they started to get some scoring depth in there, uh, but you could see it in the playoffs even. I mean, the first round, the Bruins, uh, Patrice Bergeron was going against Mark Stahl. Uh, Jordan Stahl? Mark Stahl? Jordan Stahl, I think. Uh, <laughs> One of the Stahl was, brothers. Yeah, there's like nine of them, right? But he was going against that, uh, you know, that player and just 
I mean, Bergeron's typically like a 60, 70% faceoff guy, and he was like in the 30s, 40s. Um, so his matchup just wasn't there. And, you know, when you're playing at the other team's home rink, you don't have a choice. You don't, you don't get to get away from that. Yeah, man. I mean, and I think that's a good point to mention as a coach, right? Like you don't hear about the the line matching during the regular season. Like you said, like you just put your guys out there, you expect them to play. That's why the playoffs just add a whole nother level, you know? Uh, and, and, and as a goalie, it, I can't imagine what that's like, right? Like I've, I've worked with goalies in the playoffs before and they literally talk about how it can be draining and exhausting to know the guys that you're playing against. And they also know your weaknesses, right? Um, it, it becomes one of those things where, like, it becomes a battle of attrition than it does uh, sometimes a battle of actual skill. Uh, so, like, as a goalie, how do you think these guys are prepping? Or, like, how would you prep uh, a goalie that you were working with? Um, I don't know you've worked with them at the college level and things like that. So, like, like when you're going into a big situation or, like, it's a game seven or a, even an elimination game, like Igor Shesterkin faced four times and still, uh, still came out on top. Um like, wh- what do you do? Like, how do you prep a goalie like that? As lightly as possible, as funny as that sounds, right? Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, these players are playing at the highest level for a reason. They've gotten there for a specific reason. They're good, right? They have mastered their craft. There's not much coaching going on in terms of X's and O's, right? I might do a little video work with a goalie just, hey, over the last few games, like, here's some scoring chances, uh, because at the end of the day, hockey is a game of repetition. So there are only so many situations that can happen. Uh, and being able to see those situations multiple times over and over again, just make it easier to read a play as, as a goaltender. So uh, I would do some video work, things like that. Uh, but the most important thing for me would be, you know, rest, make sure you're taking care of your body, hydration, things like that. Make sure you're fueling it with the proper foods. Uh, because the playoffs are a battle. I mean, it is a great, you just saw the other night, uh, Nazem Kadri and uh, defenseman kind of got tied up together. Some people are saying it was a dirty play. Personally, I don't think it was. I think it was a, an accident. Um, but, you know, you got Jordan Bennington, who's now on the sidelines, probably for the rest of the playoffs with a knee injury uh, yeah, based been, on what happened. Yeah, he's been called out like he's done. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's one of those situations, right? Like, you, you try to do everything you can to you, at this point in the year, everybody has nagging injuries. Everybody has things that are wrong. So how can you best get your body the rest it needs while being able to perform? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good point. And, you know, uh, from the sports psych consultant aspect, right? Like it's very similar. We don't want to change anything. Nothing about this is changing it. Like we're not going to be like, Oh, you know, you, you played really bad. Like let's try adding this into your routine or let's try adding this into that. Right. It's more about like, hey, so how'd you feel? Like, what was it like out there? Uh, I mean, in Pittsburgh, Igor got chanted at, right? And and the, the New York Times even posted something like, like um, Igor's last chant, right? And it's like it was really about his. It was supposed to be a pun on words, chance, right? Um, but like this idea that like Igor is now hearing his name at home as a good thing, and now you're being mocked on the road. Like at some point, it does affect you, right? Uh, somehow he was able to find the the Venza Trophy winner goaltending status that he's going to eventually have because I don't think anyone else is a better goalie than he is right now, at least Oof. in the season long. It, he will win the Venza. If he doesn't, I will come publicly out on this uh, podcast and say that I was wrong and that um, I'll eat crow. Start preparing that speech. He will. He will win it. He will win it. Mm-hmm. You, you heard it here first, folks. 
Uh, anyway, uh, but my point is, is like, like as a as a sports psych consultant, we want to like try and keep it very simple and and dull, right? Like, keep it everything normal. Like, do your normal routine. Uh, players are superstitious. Like, eat the same kinds of foods if that helps you. Uh, just get your body prepped and ready, especially when like games go into overtime and you have less time to kind of prepare, right? Uh, I think about the Rangers' first game against the Penguins, like three overtimes. That's exact, like grueling and draining. A, a goalie makes seventy nine saves. I mean, even even the Pittsburgh goalie, um, well, they had two of them. Because uh, good for Deming, uh, good for him. I hope he uh, actually signs somewhere now, uh, and that he's got his chance. But there's also this idea of like moments come up that are huge, right? I mean, I, I thought Connor McDavid was already the best player in the league, and somehow he's playing even better. And I truly don't understand it. Right? Like somehow he has raised his level and it's about like we go back to that that anxiety and the performance stuff, right? Like finding your eyes off or your individual zone of optimal performance. Um, and it's one of those things where like he clearly thrives in the face of adversity or in this idea of like of, of pressure and, and, and pressure situations like that's what makes him a superstar. Um, and I think that's I think that's more the minority than it is the majority. Would you agree? Yeah, I would, I would say so, especially for superstars, you know what I mean? And, I mean, you want to talk about, like, unbelievable performances. I don't know if you watched the first, the last game of the first round. It was uh, the Dallas Stars and Calgary, but uh, Calgary was pummeling the Stars. I think the shots were – it was stupid. It was, like, fit, over 50 shots to, like, 13 or 14 or something like that. Oof. And Jake Ottinger, which is the goaltender – who is a rookie, nonetheless, yeah, 23 like years old. 23, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely stood on his head. That game went to overtime. And honestly, Dallas had no business winning the game. I mean, Calgary should have won that game far and away earlier than they did. Uh, sick goal by Johnny Ham and Cheese, by the way. What a snipe. But Johnny Ham and Cheese. <laughs> that's what they call him. But <laughs> that's fantastic. I'll tell that story in a second. But. Uh, but Jake Ottinger, I mean, just to, to go in and, he, again, like you said, pre- pressure pack situation, but there's a kid who has done this his whole life and knows no bounds in the NHL, right? There's no there's no fear. There's no nothing because he doesn't know what he's he's supposed to do or, or not do or, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. For sure, man. It's just like the Bengals rookie kicker, what, McPherson? Like, the guy just didn't miss, right? And, and again, they were literally talking about the idea of, like, he doesn't – you only feel pressure after you like kind of fail, right? Like you don't always know what it feels like to, to fail or lose. So sometimes you just play with such a confidence or such a, such a evil or even, um, even leveled playing field that you just don't even understand what's happening. Uh, And there's, there's, there's a, there's, there's power and ignorance, um, which, which is a really powerful thing. Uh, If you just aren't aware of it, then it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, all right, explain this Johnny Ham and Cheese story. I, I need to understand this a little bit better. So I'm a big spit and chicklets guy. Like I, that's the, one of the podcasts that I like to listen to. Um, some of the hockey stuff, I'm more like just like who the guys are. I like the personalities, things like that. And obviously they get a bunch of NHLers on. They talk about the different stories of the league and whatever. So they had Johnny Gerdreau on one time, and he was talking about – it was either him or it might have been Noah Hannafin, who's one of his teammates – they were talking about how they went out to like this wicked nice sushi restaurant <laughs> and Johnny Goudreau was like, I'm not eating. Here. Like he can't do it. Doesn't like sushi. He's like, I'm not eating this. So he ended up bringing his own ham and cheese sandwich because he <laughs> eats like a toddler. Like he just eats like he's super picky, 
doesn't like these like extravagant foods or whatever and literally brought a ham and cheese sandwich with him to this like nice sushi restaurant while they were out on the road. So it started as just like, hey, it's Johnny Ham and Cheese like with the team. But as like guys in the league found out about it, they started calling him Johnny Ham and Cheese. And now that's all like the guys on Chicklets, that's all they call him. I like that. That's hilarious. Uh, he's one of the greatest players. I mean, it's really fun. This the Edmonton Calgary series might be my favorite series. Of, Tough. You uh, want to talk about pressure packed? My yeah. God, the first two, game. How do you two let goals up? in fifty one seconds? Oh my God. <laughs> How do you? And then think about it, right? So, like, actually, this is a really great conversation. So, Calgary goes up six to one, and right. then you get to the third period. It's a six six hockey game all of a sudden, you know. And right. Edmonton's back in it, so. That's a, I mean, kudos to the coach, kudos to the guy on the bench and the guys on the bench for Calgary to be able to not grip your stick and lose that game. They end right. up winning it nine to six, but like, there's a lot that happens in that situation where like you're breezing and you're cruising, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a grind, it's a game. Yeah, dude, it's almost like Markstrom. Like, like again, it's about like being prepared and 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 ready, right? It's almost like he was, and then like he was like, oh, we're up six one, like I can I can I can chill here. And then all of a sudden, Edmondson's like, hey, bitch, like, we're still here. Uh, and, like, and all of a sudden, he just starts to let – I mean, he let in goals that, like – Terrible. It was bad. It Terrible. Was bad. Worse than, like – worse than, like, uh, who's your boy? O- Olmark or Olman, like, letting it off at the side of his face. Like, that was <laughs> – Look it. Look it. That's not my guy. I'm a swimming guy, all right? I don't oh, okay. talk about this. Uh, okay. All right. All right. My, my apologies. But, yeah, man, I mean, I think, I think we wanted to share this idea, like um, – both coaching wise, like leadership wise and sports psychology consultant wise, like the NHL playoffs provide so much, like they literally provide so much um, enjoyment, so many opportunities to like witness things, momentum shifts, trash talk, uh, teamwork, dedication, communication. Well, I love the moments when you can hear the guys battling in the boards, right? And they're talking, you hear the referees yelling instructions. Like it makes you understand, like they're not just out there just skating around, passing the puck, not saying anything like, chirping is happening but also like communications happening and this idea of like preparation and being mentally prepared knowing where guys are in the ice without even looking that kind of stuff is what i absolutely love and enjoy like the the games inside the game is is as they say like i think that stuff is so evident in the nhl playoffs and if you're not an nhl fan i get it you don't under you can't see the puck on tv listen the camera guys will follow where the puck normally goes don't worry about where the puck is look for the guy that is literally skating pretty fast he's probably got the puck or he's going to get the puck um there's there's a tip for you uh, if you say you can't see the puck I, I get it but trust me it's it's a really fun sport to watch uh we didn't even talk about the pga championship and and the plunder of uh of of, of the poor guy there uh but we're not we're not going to uh, i figured that we'd save we'd save that he, he was a rookie first ever pga start probably should have uh listened to his caddy or him and his caddy should have had a better conversation on 18 and not like done some weird cut with your driver it just looked awkward and uncomfortable but anyway good for jt way to get his second major um but yeah yeah i mean i think i think this was a, a fun little episode I'm, uh, I'm i'm kind of excited for the future yeah definitely i mean the biggest thing for me right is like any playoffs it doesn't have to be the nhl right any of these situations nba playoffs i'm not a big basketball guy i've been watching the celtics just because again i i can watch during the playoffs the regular yeah, sure. season's not my thing right Uh, baseball when baseball gets into the playoffs I'll watch right now regular season I can't do it but uh, I always tell my hockey players at the end of the day like hockey ends right sports end at some point it it doesn't matter how good you are how long you know 
how young, old, like they end at some point, be it injury, be it age, you know, you just get passed by other players that end up being better. Uh, it ends at some point. And the lessons, the life lessons that are taken out of being part of the game or watching the game, right? You were just talking about leadership qualities, things like that, momentum shifts. Um, it's all things that like you, the game teaches you. So at the end of the day, what I preach to my players all the time is we're here to be good hockey players. We're here to be better people. And those are the lessons that can be taken. And those lessons are taken from the game into work, into everyday life. So I think that's important. I think watching it on TV, any of them, whatever your favorite sport is, not just watching for the enjoyment, but watching for the lessons. It, it changes kind of your outlook and your, your intake of the sport. Agreement. I agree. I think there's just so much that the whole thing offers. And I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty of playoffs going on right now. The Celtics look great. They're in an absolute battle with the heat. Um, and there's just, there's just mental, there's mental stuff going on in every playoff. And it's so much fun to watch. I, I encourage people to like kind of view sports differently, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Like when I watch a game, I'm not just watching the, the game for the sport. I'm always looking behind the scenes, like watching the guys, battle on the boards or like the, the chirping that happens or like how the coaches are responding. Are they staying calm, cool and collected or are they getting irate and are they getting angry firing their guys up? I mean, um, it, it's, uh, it's so much fun to watch uh, all the emotion inside of it, especially it being May and mental health awareness month. I, I posted something uh, today about like uh, men's health and stuff after you got me on that rant a few weeks ago, just like just treating people the right way. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good time to kind of spread those things and, and make awareness of that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, another, another fantastic episode. My mindset is pretty mental and, and I'm looking forward to next week. That was worse than my joke in the beginning. <laughs> well, Hey, you know, we got to end it. Like we started. Crash. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Uh, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen. We're going to continue to ask every week, but please share this with somebody, you know, uh, we're trying to continue to grow as always. Uh, we really appreciate all your help with, with that. And just with the time you spend listening, uh, as always mental mindset podcast at gmail.com, please reach out. This is a great episode about just different lessons, right? So if you have questions, if there are things we can help you out with, please don't hesitate to reach out whether, you know, through it. Wow. I just struggled. Uh, be it through the email, <laughs> through the email or uh, reaching out to Andrew or I directly. We're glad to help however we can. Other than that, have a great week and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks.